So, Pastor always starts with the story. I've got a little story. You'll probably halfway through it go, why is he telling me that? That's weird. But you must listen for a bit longer. So, I was driving home a couple of Sundays ago, quite late at night. I was dropping off my boy's girlfriend. Uh, And as we come past the co-op, there was a rather large man shouting at a rather small woman. And as we drove, we looked and we thought, hmm, don't like the look of that. Hmm, that's a little bit iffy. So we pulled up. Now, as a Christian, don't go around hitting people, right? That's, that's something we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to be riotous people. We've got, a, we've got a lawyer in the audience there. You know, if I did anything, I would be arrested. But she was very little and he was rather big. And he looked like he was going to start to shake her. So we stopped the car and we looked for a bit. And waited. And he didn't do much else. So we drove on. Wow, what a silly song. What a silly story sir, to start with. But the thing is, where do you draw the line? What will you put up with and what won't you put up with? Now... I know if the man had a dog and he would have kicked the dog, my son would have jumped out before the car stopped and then I would have had to retrieve him and the bits of what was left of whatever was going to go on. But as Christians, where do we allow the devil to step up to us and we step back from him? Where do we fail to make a stand for Jesus? Now, I, I raised my son somewhat to be knightly. I know that sounds very strange, but there, it was for this. Besides my parents telling me to be a good boy and always protect innocent people and don't let the bullies do things to people. Uh, we did this. We used to have this song uh, that, we, that we were forced to sing at school. My daughter still sang it. That's right, isn't it? Um, when the knight won his spurs in the stories of old, he was gentle and brave, he was gallant and bold. With the shield on his arm and a lance in his hand, for God and for valour he rode through the land. No charger have I, no sword by my side, yet still to adventure and battle I ride. Though back into storylands giants have fled, and the knights are no more, and the dragons are dead. Not very spiritual, though. Let faith be my shield and let joy be my steed against the dragons of anger and ogres of greed. And let me, and let me set free with the sword of my youth from the castles of darkness, the power of truth. When you grow up thinking that you're supposed to do things, not doing things feels like cowardice often. So... I would like you to think, to be bold, to be knightly, to combat. We are so upset with the world, but we keep our mouths shut. You haven't even registered your displeasure, but everybody else is telling you what to do with your kids, what they're going to teach them has got nothing to do with you. And if we take it one step closer, what does the devil do to us in our daily life? 
Um, when we stopped the car, we, was, we knew there might be consequences. It might go to court. The woman might turn on us and the man might turn us and then they both attack us and we just were, you know, why are you putting your nose in other people's business? But it is our business. The streets that we live on are our business. Um, and because we don't mind, you know, I'm not, I'm not that scared of fighting. I don't know. Maybe find that weird. But I, it wouldn't put me off. So there was, there was just that point in the car where I looked at him and said, are we going to do something? And he said, we have to. And it was just really nice to feel that someone is in camaraderie with you to stop something evil happening. And as a church, that's our job. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions because if you read the... Uh, if you read your sheets, there's a few more questions here. How is your walk? There's so many people here this evening. I didn't think there'd be so many. Thank you for turning up. How's your walk? You're reading your Bible. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're young, then is the Bible being read to you? Can you get the Bible app and play it to yourself? That's another one. Are you accessing the means of grace? Are you praying? Do you talk to the Lord Jesus regularly? How much control are you allowing Jesus to have over your life? Are you making all the decisions without Christ? Now, I'm not saying like when you're crossing the road or anything like that. Sometimes, should I go somewhere might be a better question to ask. But from the biggest decisions, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? To the smallest decisions... You can pick any of them you like. Is Jesus involved? Is your master involved in your life? Because far too often, I'll say me, you just react. You just say, yeah, I'll do that. So I'll give you for an instance. So I was talking with the wife this morning or just this afternoon when I come back from church. And we... I'd finished the course, some of you know. I finished this course, Anna, and she said, oh, you've got to lose some weight, which I totally agree with, right? But I said, yeah, I think I'll make that my, my next thing I'm going to do. Did I reference God in that answer? No. Should I have? Yes. Is it a good idea that I lose the weight? Yes. Uh, but is the Lord in it? If the Lord ain't in it, I ain't going to win it. You can write that down if you so wish. <laughs> Do you show Christ in the way you deal with people and situations? Now, I'm getting to the application before I even talked about what's going on. We can do it around that way, can't we? So, people often say, I don't know how to deal with that person at work. Uh, driving me mad. I just don't want to be in the same room as her. Oh yeah, alright. So, so that's your decision, is it? So, are you a Christian? Does God own you? You are his slave. You're his doulos, as we learned only last week. It's your job to do what you're told, not what you fancy doing. So, the devil hates God so much, hates Jesus, really hates him. You know, got no time for him at all. Wants to thwart everything he does 
And because he can't do anything to God, because God's too big, who does he pick on? His children. So, going back to it, real activity. Someone come for your son, you wouldn't have it. You're not going to have it. Someone come for your daughter, you're not going to have it. You know what would happen then when he went around Margot? Someone come for your boys, hell would break loose, we would say. So when the devil comes in and um, um, abuses you with this weird behaviour that you don't know where it's from, I ain't done nothing to the woman, but she's gone crazy at me. She's always looking to get at me. And then she's always, when I'm walking in, she's always, and then the, she's always talking, and then all of a sudden, when I walk that couple of extra steps into the room, everything goes quiet, and you know someone's been talking about you, and that happens, and you go... And your first reaction, and you're probably the, the, the reaction that we'd all make is... I just don't want to be around that woman. I say to you, that's the devil trying to undermine you, trying to stop you having joy in the Lord. Just pray for the woman. Pray for the man. Whoever is upsetting you, pray for their salvation because one thing is sure. As soon as you pray for their salvation, you can't hate them no more. You might not like, you might not like what they do, but you cannot feel nasty towards them because you know they're in a bad situation. Bad situation. TikTok. Look, I saw this man on TikTok have a breakdown virtually. Now, I don't know if he was doing an act, but he actually filmed himself having a breakdown. And he was, he was, um, he was in the car and he was sort of rocking on the steering wheel when he was saying how bad his folks were and they don't want to talk to him. And Harry just goes, goes to work, comes home, runs upstairs to bed, turns the music on low, turns the lights out and just wants to go sleep. And he wants to sleep his way through his life. And every time he meets people, he's irked by them and he just wants to remove himself. That's happened, that happens a lot with people. That again is the devil trying to destroy people. Just like we have common grace, the devil is handing out his uh, evil favours, as it were, to destroy people. And it is the first time I've ever been emotionally challenged by TikTok. This man looks like he was going to commit suicide or do some other heinous act because he looked that mad. And I even put a, a, a note onto TikTok, which I don't do. I don't get involved like that. But that's, and that's the thing we've got to understand as a church. Those are the people out there that we've got to pull in. Those are the people now. We went um, evangelising on the um, on the high street yesterday. Anybody was up there? Did you go up there? Boys back? No. So we thought, ah, oh, fifteen of us. That's strong. That's a big number. Normally, and we get up there, and everybody is out from every part of the world. We got um, Batman and his car. We got um, Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters. The DeLorean. We've got a boxing ring, wrestling ring over the other side. It's like, wow, that's just weird. You didn't think. You was there thinking, okay, let's go and we'll give them the gospel. We'll find them and the Lord will send us a good talk. And then we can get involved and we can help them. And, we, and the Lord will help them be saved. But as well as being mental and sad, they also are deaf, blind and don't want anything to do with us. It is so hard to offer someone a tract that could spare them 
the agony of where they're going to and have them rejected. Anyway, let's go on with the, uh, the Bible bit. Um, let's recap. So, this chapter, or just about it, is, um, is just done the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, 5,000 men. Uh, so, I was looking on the, um, on the uh, YouTube, as you do when you're struggling for notes. You know what I'm saying. Uh, if it isn't Spurgeon, it's uh, J.C. Sproul or someone. Anyway, and he said it was, it was probably more like 25,000 that was fed with the loaves and the fish. And you're going, I guess. Fairy tale. Those that are not saved, fairy tale. I do not believe it. It's a lovely thing. Maybe it happened back then. I'm not entirely sure. That's, that's for older people and for those people who are shuffling off this mortal coil. And I only read, really, the version in Matthew, but there's three versions, Mark and John do it. And what they wanted to do after feeding of the 5,000 was they was going to make him king. They was going to have an uprising, revolution, going to Jerusalem, 25,000 of them. They would have collected more on the way and they was going to try and install him as king. That's what somebody said. And he sends his strongest men away. The ones that are his, his, his tight family, his guys, he says, get in that boat and go across there. Dismisses these people. And thought they were just trying to crowd 25,000. You'd think that they'd be able to do something, cajole him into it, push him or something. And he just dismisses them. And where does he go? He goes to pray. Remember when um, the Lord is being um, tempted? I'll give you the world. It's a bit of, bit of that, isn't it? Oh. So he goes away and he prays. Now, even earlier than that, I went a little too early. Even earlier than that, his cousin got beheaded because a girl did a sexy dance before a king and the mother-in-law of the girl got to pick what happened to uh, John the Baptist. And you think, wow, this stuff is this stuff is strange. This stuff is odd. And then you, the world hasn't changed. They'll kill people who they don't like. Why did they dislike him? Anybody you can join in. Why didn't they like um, John the Baptist particularly? What was he talking about? He spoke the truth, but particularly about someone. Nope. Sexual immorality. He'd... He'd married his sister's, uh, his brother's sister, uh, his brother's wife. That would be really mad if he married his brother's sister. Um, yeah, so what do we see in our day? Sexual immorality. What happens if you say anything anti-LGBT? Anti, I mean, saying anti-LGBT takes a big step, even like you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Why don't you just get laughed at? Anybody, you talk to anybody... Under the age of 25, they'll just laugh you. Mockery. But he was saying it to the king. So he was going very similar to someone saying to Prince Charles at the time. 
you're having an affair with another woman, that's not no wife, what are you doing? And he also got loads and loads of people with him, got a bit of a following. He stood up for the rules that God has in place for us. So, and then he, he went away, and I thought to myself, why did he go away? Because we had this one, one Wednesday. I thought, why did he, why did he go away? If, you, if someone killed your cousin, I know what would happen everywhere else. Now, I didn't know, I saw it in two ways. Now, did the Lord go away? Because otherwise he might have to smite some people because that was his cousin. Or did, he, or did he just have to remove himself because he didn't want to blow up the situation anymore? I don't know, but I, 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 I'm going on the side of his, his... He would be righteously angry at the killing of his cousin for declaring the truth. Anyway, so let's get back to the boat. So he sends the boat... Um, so he sends the, Jesus sends the, his disciples away on the boat. Now, how big is the Lake of Galilee? Big. Uh, it's from here to Greenwich Park in water. Quite big, isn't it? I thought that was a good idea. I better look up. It's ten times bigger than the biggest lake in England, Lake Windermere, and I've been on that. And they're on a boat that is not the length of this, it's not even the length, the width of this room. They're really quite small. There's a, if you go on and look it up, there's even a, a little museum where they have the boats from the, on the Lake of Galilee, there's a museum and it shows you how, how small it is. You could barely fit 12 people in there, truth be told, it's not that big at all. And they're rowing. Now, Somebody else said, Master, is it? Not Master, who's the man in California? Preaching in California. John McCarthy. John McCarthy said it was like, oh, it's raging with the sea and it's all... And I don't think it was because it doesn't say it. So before, when the Lord steals the sea, they're scared to death that they're all going to drown and the Lord is asleep. But this time, the wind is against them. The wind is against them. So... The Lord knew what was going to happen. He went up and prayed for a few hours. He sent them out knowing that the wind is coming. And you go, well, that just seems a little bit odd. Why didn't he wait? Why didn't they just say, I'm just going to go, you just wait there. And as, they, as they're going, they're rowing, and they get about 35, 25 to 30 furlongs. Would you like to know how much that is? About three, three to five miles, depending on 35 or... For, um, 25 leagues uh, leagues, sorry not furlongs leagues, so they're a fi- fair way out they're a third to a half-ish of the distance where they should be going and as they're pulling they're going nowhere the people that he sent to do things you are sent to do things are pulling, you're working we're trying to stand up for Jesus but they're going nowhere. They're being held tightly in this pattern for quite a long time. And they're sort of feeling the pressure. And, they, you know, if it was me, I'd just say, turn it around, boys, let's get back. It's, it's, it's easier to go backwards than it is to go forwards. But they have been told by their Lord, go over there and I will meet you soon. 
So they did it. So churches, one, churches are good if they follow instructions, keep on pulling. Now, the result of their pulling sometimes isn't very positive, it looks to us. But if you're doing what the Lord tells you to do, you're doing all right. That's what you're supposed to do. So, um, I don't know what the, um, what the light was like. Because it says it's the, um, the fourth watch, which is between 3am and 6am. So it's dark. There's no lighting. All you've got is some stars. And if the moon's out, fairly good, you're all right. So it's, it's quite strange. So if you're, if you're going that way and you're rowing, you're looking back to where Jesus is, is from as you move that way. So even if they're not turning around and looking and being blown back, they're still working hard and they're, like, um, they're upset that really they're not going anywhere. And they're ha- just imagine how rough their hands must be. This is their, you know, pulling a big thing through this hard work. But they're looking and then, then they, they see something odd. Now, in some of the pictures, there's a glow around Jesus. I don't ascribe to that. The theory of a glowing saviour there, I do not ascribe. But how did he see him? How did they know? And how are you going to take notice? There's the wind. There must have been some waves. What are you seeing? How close is he getting? Now, in John, it says that he's, he looks like he's going to walk past them. That's strange, isn't it? And it's, it's going to walk straight past them. I know what I've told you. There is, and then they start calling, you know. Is it a ghost? Now, that is just a strange thing. So these people that have been around Jesus, they just saw him feed thousands and thousands of people. And the first thing they say, it's a ghost. Strange. Is that the first thing you would say? I just said, a ghost on the sea? I I'm, not very, I'm not in the big ghost stories, but that seems a, a bit strange. Especially when you expect uh, the Lord will be coming. Maybe you see, where's his boat? Maybe, but a ghost is a bit weird. Anyway, they're shook deep to the core. And so he moves to them because he's, they're making a fuss. So he's moving towards them. And Peter, Lord, if it's you, you've already called him Lord, so I think you knew it was him. Lord, if it is you, bid me come to you. The conditions haven't changed at this point. They couldn't go anywhere. And Peter says, if it's you, can I, come, can I come and see you? That's just strange, isn't it? Why? Why did Peter want to see him? Why did Peter want to get up and walk on the water to him? I think Peter is impetuous. He is, he is um, very much like us a lot. And he, he wanted, I think he was passionate Passionate about wanting to be with his, his saviour, he just thought, hello, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good, I think. Other people say he was scared to death. I was, I was, if I was scared to death, do you know where I'm not stepping? Into the sea. That's already mentally waves going everywhere and the wind's going. I wouldn't do that. So it, it's an act of faith. I thought, yeah, that's, that's pretty strong faith right there. Just... You're going to go out, you're going to step out of the boat, out of the protection of your friends, out of the protection of the boat itself, and you're going to walk across and see the Lord. And he did. A human being walked 
and the laws of physics did not apply to him. That's just so... As somebody who taught science, that stuff is like, ooh, that's seriously odd. You push down on the water, all the rest of his life, he's pushed down on the water, and it goes straight through the water. This time he steps on the water and it pushes back to him. Now that's, I mean, if you want miracles, you know, we have a lot of Christians that desire miracles all the time. That's a big miracle. You should be buoyed up for a long time on that miracle, really, don't you think? I think, ooh, God, did you see what I just did? I just went over there, walking on the water. Yeah. But unfortunately, he did something that we all do all of the time. And instead of looking at Jesus, what did he do? You can join in. This is open to you. What did he do? Boys, what did he do at the back? Oh, he put him under pressure, don't like that. He doubted him, good man. Thank goodness you're following. So he doubted him. He, he looked away and he started to sink. One, you saw the conditions before, right? Yes. And you jumped over the side of the boat. Yes. And you walked to Jesus and you didn't sink. No, up until the bit where I didn't look at him. So why did he lose his faith just then? It's just, it's just like, what? Why? I get it this way also when I, when I look at Exodus and the God's people going doing things, you just think, what on earth would you do that for? There's a pillar of smoke and a pillar of fire. You know where the Lord is. What you keep on complaining for, just follow it. It's not hard. Of course, we now have to think that, yes, you're like Peter. Yes, you're like the Hebrews that exodus uh, Egypt. So you start feeling nasty, like a little bit nasty towards Peter, like, on earth what did the people in the boat think what did the church think as this man stepped out <laughs> what did, not one of them went to grab him it's not recorded obviously I've taken a bit of a liberty but not, it isn't recorded that anybody even said um, hold on that's not a good idea not one of them if it was your mate would you say something you aren't going to say something if you see your mate stepping out over the side of a boat you're going to say he's not right he's not right the church does that a lot to people who try to get close to God. Maybe not this church. It's up to you how you see things. But they do. When someone wants to make strides in their Christianity, they want to know the Lord better. Over the side they go. I'm all in for Christ. You might see, you know, you might hear people go, he's changed. He's a funny fellow now. He won't stop attending church, that bloke. He's always there. And you get people like that, it's regular attenders, strange people. And in their spare time, they are known to pray incessantly. So, what can we learn from, from this? I'm going to, you may argue with me later, but I'm going to say that the church is us. Um, in John it says when Jesus got in to the boat they was automatically at the place they were supposed to be another miracle if you, it's in John 6 it is, it's true let me, somebody get that John 6 that's peculiar because I don't do this very often as you've probably worked out 
Um, but when you start looking, and just like the last, one of the last sentences, John 6, and you look at it and you go, what? And they do was automatic, but no one has said, no one has said, that was funny how they moved two thirds of the way from being in the middle straight to their destination as soon as Jesus got in. They were, they were glad to take him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Just one sentence there. Another big miracle. The laws of physics didn't apply again. Turns up, wow. Now, I, I, when I read that bit, I thought, that is, that's a metaphor. It's just a, I, I know that now. I can safely say that it's a metaphor. When Jesus is in the boat with us, he enables us to do stuff. When we're just by ourselves, and you may not have been to many churches where Jesus doesn't seem to be there, but I have. It's, it's quite cold. There's no evangelism. People rush out the door really, really quickly. And hardly anybody talks to each other. And it's not like you've actually been to church. It doesn't feel like you've, you've been with the Lord's people. They're just gone. Strange. So I'm saying, as a church, what are we going to learn from this? Do we pray for the Lord's return? Do we want the Lord in the boat with us? Do we want to be where the Lord is, like Peter? Do we want to? Yes, we do, with our lips. Do we, with our heart? Yes, but as Romans said, I do the things that I don't want to do. It's the sin within me that stops me doing the things I want to do. So we've got to mortify the soul, mortify our flesh, sorry, not the soul, mortify. We've got to kill off all the things that stop us being with Jesus. Here and now, having him in the boat, controlling us. I know I've just changed my metaphor slightly. We are the church, we are members of the church, so we still want him in our boat, the boat. You check my English as well, if you so wish. Um, that's why I ask you to pray for your loved ones. If Jesus is with you, you want everybody you love with you and with him. Why ain't you doing it? If you're doing it, please ignore me. But why aren't you doing it? Why aren't the first things you say when you wake up, Lord, save my son, save my daughter? The more we love Christ, um, the more we seek him, being a Peter jumping out, the more, saying, the more we actually love everybody else that isn't related to us, that we know. So it's a bit strange going out into the high road, trying to talk to people that... Don't want to know about Jesus. Why do you do it? They know where a church is can be found. They've got, they got, um, they got Google Maps. They can find it if they want to. But we want to love. Christians want to love people, don't they? And they, they're desperate for the people not to go to hell. That's why we're going out there. If you're not going out with us, pray for us. Pray that the church does it. Because if there isn't any love in here for the lost... Jesus ain't in our church. Jesus ain't in our boat. We ain't, all we're doing is pulling and standing still. So, I don't like the people at church. I've heard that said before. Um, are you idolatrous? No. I come even in service. Can't be idolatrous. 
I'll pray. Ten communion. I'm always there. Are you idolaters? Yes, you are. If you don't know you are, you're just not looking close enough. I'm sorry, but it's true. We're all idolaters. We all want to live our lives the way we want them and not the way God wants them. Um, And then the other thing that, that the church often says is that there are no clear guidelines how I'm supposed to live my life. I'm trying to get on with them, but I haven't got anything clear. But do you pray? How often do you pray? If you're not praying, it's a problem for you. You can't be godly if you don't talk to God. Simple fact. And then what am I supposed to pray about then? Ah, The Lord's Prayer. So let's have a look at the Lord's Prayer quick. Um, First thing you're going to do, if you want to get closer to God, we've got to love Jesus more. Pray that you do his will and not your own. Do you ever pray that? Have you prayed it recently? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Or do you want an easy, speedy route? I know if I do it myself, it's fine. But let somebody else do it and then give God the glory because that person has been moved to do something. Don't rush. Don't do things just because they're easy. Do things that the Lord wants you to do. Uh, The human, even the saved sinner, has a tendency for self-worship. We must drive this false fruit away. I do not feel that I am idolatrous, but you're not looking hard enough. Forgive those who have trespassed against you. Have you forgiven those people? Forgiving those people is not just not having a garden when you see them. Forgetting what they said. And having that effect, whatever it was, you, give it, you just don't give it any attention. You leave it alone. People, you know, my mother was terrible to me. My father was terrible to me. The person at work is terrible to me. They go around spitting behind my back. It's terrible, terrible. Yeah, so what did you expect? What did you expect people to, to be happy that you are Jesus's? The devil hates you. He's going to get them to upset you. So every time you react to them, the devil's winning. Please don't react to them. Uh, and then you might say, um, that person at church, they just keep on saying things. I've had enough of them. How can I deal with those people? They just keep on making the same thing. They don't know how much it hurts me. How, much, how many times are you supposed to forgive them, people? 70 times what? 70 times 7. I, I don't think we get it. Um, I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying it's me as well. My daughter will, and my wife will bear witness. If someone drives towards me in a reckless manner, I lose a little bit of sense and I may get very close to shouting offensiveness towards them. I think they're going to kill me every time. And they think they're driving at me. You know, you've had a horse drive at you. See the video, it is mad. Um, and, you, and you react, and you flare up, and you... Did the Lord want you to do that? No, he didn't. You just react to it. So there's a letter out in Romans. Yeah? But you feel it. I was talking to a lad that had just been baptised. Tender lad, he's only 12. And he, I said, how's your, how's your walk going on since you're baptised? Because if you've been baptised, you know that 
it's really nice, and then you do it, and then you get a little bit depressed, and then you, you feel like people are picking on you, and then, and then you think, oh, this, this has all got hard. I thought it was supposed to be easy after that. No, that's what the devil's going to do. He's going to upset you. He's going to make it nasty for you. And he said, and he's a very, really, really tender lad, and he said, yeah, my little brother kept on spraying me with, uh, with water. You know, it's summer, it's not going to make much difference, it's not going to dissolve. He, he knew that, and he, he was getting a little bit wound up, he was like, stop it. And his brother just went, <laughs> And he pushed him, and he goes, I don't know where, because his brother's only six, he's 12, his brother's only six, he goes, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. I'm not normally angry like that, and probably before he was baptised, he probably wouldn't have done that. It would have been more long-suffering. But as soon as you make a stand, there was going to go after you. Anyway, pushing on. We've got to get, get through this. I have much left. Um, do you find yourself not being very Christian? Do you find yourself uh, having a lack of Christianity, uh, thinking about Jesus every day? Do you notice that you don't pray from one day to the next? Do you notice that you haven't thought about Jesus' death for a long time? My challenge to you is to remember these things about Jesus when you think you've been being hard done by. When people are winding you up, when people are taking the mickey out of you at school, when things aren't going your way, who do you think's behind it? It's, it's the devil. Just remember what happened to our Lord. He was betrayed by one of his mates. He was denied by his biggest fan. His biggest fan who just jumped over the side of a ship and wanted to come and walk on the water and denied him. And he looked across the courtyard and, they, and he caught his eye. Oh, oh, that would have been a heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And then before that, he said, he said to her, his, his, good, his good ones that he got on with, really loved them, come on, I'm going, we're going to Gethsemane, going to have a, I'm going to have a pray. You, don't, you stay there, but pray for me, pray, pray for me, I'm just going over there. And when he comes back, they're asleep. They, they've done some napping. Now, as we know, someone was caught napping only two weeks ago, and he got upset with himself. But these, when, he, when the Lord needed some support, when the Lord was... Sweats of uh, bled drops of sweat that were blood. That was really hard to get out. When he, when he did that, where was his mate? Asleep. Oh. Let's go on further. Uh, when the mob came for him, that must have been nasty, mustn't it? These people, all you want to do is gather them up like a chick under your wings. And what do they do? They come with clubs. Didn't, you know, he was there in the temple. Couldn't you pick him up then? No, I have to come round at night. And, then, and someone lopped off one of the people's ear. So your team, who are supposed to be good, cuts off somebody else's ear and you're going, well, I've been around, but I know, I've told you what's going to go on. I've told you that they're going to come for me. And he puts his ear back on. The mob that hated him, he does the man a great service and sticks his ear back on. Anyway, um, treated like a murderer. Goes to the praetorium uh, where he gets beaten by the soldiers. 
What's he done? I don't know. Made the hungry full, uh, made the blind see, made the deaf hear, cured leprous people. Mm. I don't think you should beat him up for that. Uh, spat and mocked worship. Now, a scourge is a met- um, leather, leather strips like that, and into the leather strips are tied bone, bits of bone that are sharpened. And then they whipped him with it. His back was absolutely mutilated, gory, blood dripping. And then they said, uh, pick up the cross and walk your cross down to where we're going to execute you. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's, it's already bad enough, you know. And then you get to, um, you get to where the crucifixion Golgotha and... People there are mocking you as well. They, they smash the nails into you, into your hands and feet. You, you put up on the cross and then they mock you. Or well, come down. You can't do nothing now, can you? Wow. So you think, right, that's got to be it, isn't it? Nearly it? Surely. Can't get any more Mickey taken out of him. No. The people that are real murderers who were killed next door to him, they start having a pop at him. Start having a go. Start saying, you know, what? He ain't done anything to you, but you're having a go. But people notice the way he behaved. Thief on the cross knows the way he behaved. The Praetorian guard who were playing, um, playing dice for his clothes, they, they saw the way he behaved. Surely this man was the son of God. Said the Praetorian guard. Um, what's the time there? Good to go. Still got 20 minutes. Um, um, so when, when, you, when you're in that situation, stop acting up. Why? Why? You can't take a little bit of grief for the Lord. Yeah. Rob, who are you to say that to me? Uh, I'm a big whinger. Huge whinger. You can pick me up on that. If I'm whinging, that's what the church is there for. Stop whinging. Stop doing that. If it's affecting the rest of us, your walk affects me. My walk affects you. Get involved. Don't sit there. Don't say, shh. It's up to him. Get involved. Stand up like I was going to stand up. You must stand up. Where are your lines? Anyhow. Isn't it amazing that the Lord just says to, to Peter, Peter to puts his hand and picks him up. You've fallen down. Save me. Now, there are a few people here probably that don't understand the significance of save me that much. But as he was saying save me physically, his spiritual life was already sorted. But he's saying save me physically. It's a metaphor, isn't it? When we fall down, when we let the Lord down and we feel like we're drowning because we're backslidden, we're putting him last, and we get, often get that feeling of, something's wrong, and we have to go and repent. So when you feel like that, be tender, like this 12-year-old kid. Be tender to the Lord's leadings. So you can, you can feel his displeasure and his pleasure in your life.
Um, oh, my sins, my, my sins, I keep on doing them. I keep, I keep on doing. Well, one, you are free from the power of sin. You know that. You are no longer under the power of sin. Jesus died, so you are not under the power of sin. Take it seriously. Now, um, this, isn't, this isn't flippant. Um, if you're having problems uh, and, and your walk is sinful or you're struggling, uh, tell someone you trust and pray. Now, the pastor has been um, going on that for about a year and a bit now. Yeah. Uh, I, I joined in this idea of what the pastor had. Before, I, was, I, I didn't go Wednesday. And uh, now I'm really glad that I come Wednesdays and pray. Um, to pray for others is such a, a blessing to you. To allow someone to know your griefs. You share their griefs and you ask the Lord. If someone can ask the Lord for you as well as you, what, great, what a great thing. What a great thing. I, I advise you. Right, now if it's a sin that just keeps on happening, you've got to take more radical steps. You've got to become accountable. You've got to have someone that you trust and say, I'm doing this. You're going to have to check up on me. Now, why do I say that? One, we're in the boat together. Your behaviour affects my behaviour. Your behaviour will stop the church progressing. The Lord wants holiness for his people. So, get someone you can trust. Hold yourself accountable. Get a WhatsApp little group going and say how you're struggling or whatever you're doing. But take a step. Make a decision. Um... What about the people that were, um, that were fed and healed? How do you feel about them? So we know Peter falls down and we, we know we've got to pick ourselves up. We know that the boat doesn't work unless the Lord's in it. But what about the people that were just fed and healed? And they, weren't, they, they just weren't fed. It weren't, is a packet of crisps and a sandwich... That should see you till you get home. The word in Greek, according to the people I studied, the word in Greek is that they were so full they couldn't put another thing in. They'd gorged themselves virtually. 25,000 people gorged. Completely satisfied. Jesus completely satisfies you. And where, and then the bit before and the bit after, they just keep on bringing ill people to him. Jesus is coming and they rush and find whoever is ill and they'll take them and they put them there. Illness and death, pictures of sin. Not only will you be satisfied in life and being able to move and grow and do everything else, the sins that you have are fully met by Jesus here and now. Here and now. You have got a get out of hell free card. All you have to do is give up being a rebel. Now, rebel's very interesting these days. Everybody wants to be a rebel. Ooh, they're so bad. And they get videos, and they do their hair strange, and they do tattoos on their face, and they're all gangster. And there's all these people, and you look on YouTube, you look on TikTok, and all you see is people that are so proud of themselves. And what they've done, look at how much money I'm making. Look at the girls I'm, I'm with. 
look at them, pretty ladies. And they make out that that's it. They've made it. They've arrived. They've arrived at the gates of hell. They are so convinced that that is good. Everybody else is telling them it is good. That they are going to proudly walk in and tell God what for come judgment day. Now you might not say, oh, well, I'm not bad. I never stole from no one. But we know the sinfulness and the deceitful of our hearts. You too will have to give an account on judgment day. You will have to say, I thought nothing of Jesus. I thought nothing of the claims of Jesus. I couldn't be bothered to look into it. When someone told me that I could get out of, get out of hell, all I have to do is stop being a rebel, I blanked them. So that's why we must pray. Pray for the people's eyes to be opened and the children to be protected until the Lord opens their eyes. There's so much filth and dirt and disgusting things out there that are going to just get in the way of a clear, just a clear listening, a clear uh, mind to just cipher out what's going to go on. In your 20s and, and when you're young, you think you're indestructible, you think you're all going to live forever and you will live forever. Strange. You will live forever. Eternity is for the good and for the bad. My eternity is sealed. My Jesus died for me on the cross. His blood is in my account. I cannot be held accountable for anything I've done because my sins are laid on him. I'm free. I don't have to behave the way the world tells me to. On the other hand, now this is, people, that's a bit strong. It's a bit strong what you're going to say now. I don't think you need to say that. I think you've made this point. Hell is hot. Hot, painful, forever. Yeah, not very popular, not very popular. Now, so, what did Jesus say? Jesus didn't say, like, I had this, this lady um, that I used to teach with. Jesus never talked about hell. I went, oh, didn't he? So I got on the iPad. Uh, they made a list of every time we talked about hell. And I gave it to her because she teaches RE. I said, I thought you might like to look those up. Because he does speak about hell. Now, the one that I am particularly... Um, uneasy about is when the Lord talks about the wedding feast. Now, when you went to a Middle Eastern wedding feast, at the, at the door, you would get some clothes to put on. Maybe he was like ragged and you ain't got good clothes. But so you don't look shamed in front of the rest of the party, you get these white clothes, probably cheap, but everybody looks the same. So you get these. And then, so... When the bridegroom cometh, will your clothes be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Mine are. I hope yours are. So, the Lord is talking about the king gives a, gives a, a, a wedding um, dinner slash party and he's looking around. You're in white, 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 you're in white. Who's that? That one ain't got no clothes. Why is he in my... Why is he in my wedding feast? That one. He, he, thinks, he thinks he should be at the wedding feast. He's a, obviously a bit unobservant because he hasn't got the clothes on. 
He's not wearing the clothes, but he's sitting there. He's having a wonderful time until the stewards come to take him. And where did they take him? They don't just throw him out of the house. He's cast into darkness forever. So, give up being a rebel, please. For Jesus' sake, think of your destination. Where are you heading? And the last thing I want to talk about is the actual words that are spoken by people in that, um, in that, in that passage that we just read. Um, don't be afraid. Come. You of little faith, why did you doubt? He's saying that to all of us. To the unsaved and to the saved alike. Don't be afraid. What have you got to fear? I'm only here to do you good. What a God we have. I'm only here to do you good. There's nothing bad that can happen to you. What you think is bad now is only for your good anyway. Um, And what does Peter say? Bid me come. We should all want to come to know the Lord in a more special way. But we will fall. Get up. Repent. Do it again. And what was the last thing that we hear that the whole boat said? Truly, you are the Son of God. If the Son of God is with you, what do you need to fear? I don't want to be a martyr particularly. Don't put me down for that anytime soon. You know, no one is choosing that. But what would you rather be? Martyred now or in hell forever? Yeah, toss up for you. I know what I'd want to be. And because my mum and dad and everybody else raised me to be a knight. I'm not a knight. But they raised me to be a knight. They raised me to stand up. Not to back down from people. I don't know, might be working class roots also, but you don't back down. Why are you backing down? Is your God not greater than who is with them? Who did he make? He made everything. What did the devil ever do? Nothing. Never did anything, never loved anyone. We don't need to have anything to do with him. The disciples say, and we must say, truly, you are the son of God. Step out and be proud to be named as his children. Your last name, my last name's long. Sani. Makanga. Had to think there. Only called him Chola. Never used his last name. The last name is God. God is your heavenly father. It's not, it's not just a metaphor. For real, you're adopted. Your big brother is Jesus. He's yours. Take advantage. Say sorry every day when you've got things wrong. And think about Jesus. Life, his last couple of days. What he did for you to secure what you have now. Praise the Lord.